What is up everyone? It's Quinn here. And in today's video, I'm going to be going through some of the top waiver wire targets that you guys should be looking to add to your rosters before week one. These are players who may have ended up going undrafted in your leagues, but I think you guys should maybe take a second look at these players, maybe consider adding them or just have them on your radar heading into week one, you know, see how they perform. And then maybe you pick them up heading into week two. If you guys have any start sick questions, you can drop those down below in the comment section. All I ask is that just give me the scoring format. So PPR, half point PPR, standard scoring just helps me give you guys the best advice. And then if you are going to drop a question or if you enjoy the video, do me a huge favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. So the players I'm talking about today, we're going to go through every single position, excluding kicker. So running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends, and then some defenses, typically talking about around five players at each position. And then these are going to be players who are available in 50% or more leagues using ESPN. So some of these guys may be um, already rostered in your leagues, but everyone's league is different. So there's going to be kind of a variety in terms of um, these players' ownership percentages. But let's just jump right into it. So we're going to start off at the running back position. I actually think there are a ton of very interesting running back options available on waivers. So we're actually going to have 10 running backs today. Going to start off with Tank Bigsby. He's currently rostered in 26.2% of leagues, and I'm very high on Tank Bigsby heading into this season. I really feel like he needs to be rostered in every like reasonable sized league. Like if you're in a 10, 12, 14 team league, you know, a normal five, six, seven man bench, Tank Bigsby should be on someone's roster. In the Jaguars' last preseason game, we saw him play nine snaps to Travis Etienne's 16. He also had six carries to Etienne's eight. Those were the stats with the uh, starters. So I don't think he's going to come in from day one, be like the running back one for this team. If that was going to be his role, he would definitely not be, uh, you know, only rostered in 26% of leagues. But it's not even week one yet. That was preseason, and we're already seeing him eat into Etienne's workload. The Jaguars have been hesitant to kind of fully unleash Travis Etienne. We saw it last year where they were riding James Robinson and he was coming off an Achilles tear. They haven't really like unleashed him as a pass catcher. So I think you look at Tank Bigsby and this is the coaching regime that drafted Tank. They didn't draft Travis Etienne. That was the old coaching staff. This uh, coaching regime brought him in, drafted him on day three. I think worst case scenario, he's like a really strong handcuff option. But I also think there's a possibility he continues to eat into Etienne's workload and maybe ends up leading this backfield towards the end of the season. Not saying that's going to happen or it's a guarantee, but that's just like a possibility we have here. And that's a pretty wild upside for someone who's just sitting on waivers. Now, the next player is in a semi-similar situation. It's going to be Jalen Warren. He's currently rostered in 43.9% of leagues. So he is on more rosters than Tank Bigsby. But I do think this offense is going to be somewhat of a split between Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. I definitely think Najee will be the number one, but I think Warren will be involved on a week-to-week basis. Similar to Tank, at worst, I think Jalen Warren is going to be a really, really strong handcuff option. If Najee Harris goes down, Jalen Warren is probably going to be a fringe running back one, if we're being honest. I think he's going to have a huge workload if Najee Harris goes down. I also just think there's the possibility that Jalen Warren is the straight up better player. And if he continues to be the more efficient option, I do think he could start to eat into Najee's workload. I don't know if he's ever going to overtake Najee just because he got a factor in the draft capital. The Steelers invested a first round pick in him. Jalen Warren, they definitely don't have that same investment, but I do think he could start to eat into the workload, kind of like a uh, Tony Pollard, Zeke situation. So I really like uh, Jalen Warren here, and he should definitely be rostered 
in 50 plus percent of leagues. Next up, we're going to have Tyler Algier, and he's rostered in 42.1% of leagues. Just another solid handcuff here. Algier already proved in his rookie season that he's very talented. You know, I think a lot of teams would have felt comfortable heading into the season with him as their running back one. So if Bijan Robinson goes down, I think Algier automatically shoots up to be at worst like a weekly running back two. The next running back is going to be Kenneth Gainwell. He's rostered in 22.8% of leagues. And I think this is one of the players where it is going to be very important to have Kenneth Gainwell rostered heading into week one. I don't think anyone has any idea what this Eagles backfield is going to look like. You got Kenneth Gainwell, you have DeAndre Swift, you have Rashad Penny, Boston Scott's in there, but I don't think anyone is expecting uh, Boston Scott to lead this backfield. When we're looking at those three guys who have a legit chance to lead this backfield with Gainwell, Swift, and uh, Rashad Penny, Gainwell's the only guy who's actually been on that roster prior to this offseason. So I would not be surprised if the Eagles go out there, they give, you know, the RB1 spot to Kenneth Gainwell. Not that he's like running away with it, but some sort of committee, but he's actually leading them in opportunities. I don't think that would be a shocking result in week one. And if that happens, his value is going to skyrocket because people want to be invested in this Eagles backfield. And you don't even have to be a believer that he's going to hold on to that role. You could, you know, pick him up. If he ends up leading the backfield, you could try to ship him off as soon as possible. Um, but just to have that type of player sitting on waivers here for you, he could be, you know, the potential number one pickup heading into week two. I think it's very important that you guys get Kenneth Gainwell on your roster. And if he doesn't end up leading this backfield, if he's the running back three, you know, who cares? You drop him, you pick up another player who kind of flashed uh, during week one. So I think Kenneth Gainwell is a really nice pickup here. The next running back we have here is going to be A-Chain. He's currently rostered in 22.6% of leagues. And I think A-Chain is someone who's a very solid early season stash who can end up paying off later on in the season. We saw Jonathan Taylor not get traded to the Dolphins, and then we also saw Jeff Wilson get put on IR. So this running back room has completely opened up. Originally, A-Chain was going to be competing with Mostert and Jeff Wilson. Then you were looking at him just being completely toast in a redraft with potentially Jonathan Taylor coming in. Now you're looking at a backfield led by 30-plus-year-old Raheem Mostert. Um, like This is very, very open for A-Chain to step in and find a role. I do think Mostert's going to lead this backfield to start off the season. A-Chain is still dealing with a little bit of a shoulder injury, but it doesn't seem super serious. I think he's going to have an opportunity to work his way into the rotation. And with how athletic he is, how explosive he is, his receiving upside, A-Chain's not a guy who needs a crazy high workload to be relevant for fantasy. So I think he's someone that you should get on your roster before he starts to kind of work his way into that rotation. The next running back here is going to be Damian Harris. He's rostered in 27.4% of leagues, and it does look like James Cook is going to be the clear running back one for this team, but it also looks like Damian Harris is going to have a very strong role on the goal line. Honestly, just like a goal line role on this Bills offense could be playable in favorable matchups. You know, they're going up against a poor run defense. They're expected to put up a ton of points. He could be flex worthy or an RB2 spot, you know, during bye weeks, injuries, all of that. But then he has that extra upside if James Cook goes down. I just think you want to be invested in this Bills offense. And if Damian Harris is just sitting on waivers, I definitely think you should consider picking him up. Now, the next entry is kind of cheating a little bit. It's going to be two different players, Zach Moss and Deion Jackson. So these guys are owned in 6.7 and 28% of leagues. It looks like Deion Jackson is probably going to be the running back one to start off in week one. 
because uh, Zach Moss is currently injured. But once Zach Moss returns, it seems like it's going to be early on in the season. I do think he was the guy who was lined up to be the running back one. Overall, I'm not expecting a ton out of this RB room with Jonathan Taylor out. Like, I think it's probably going to be some sort of gross committee. But in terms of being rosterable, like, it's, you know, totally worth it to pick one of these dudes up, hoping they can kind of separate themselves and be the running back one. Even on a bad offense, you know, a running back one can still be very, very valuable. So I think they're definitely worth kind of taking a look at. And maybe you're in shambles to start off this season at the running back position. Maybe you drafted Jonathan Taylor, Alvin Kamara, you know, some of those guys who aren't going to be playing early on. Maybe you have some other dude who's kind of banged up. One of these guys could give you a spot start to start off the season. Deion Jackson would probably be the guy here in week one, but then it could turn into Zach Moss week two, week three. Now, the next running back is going to be Roshan Johnson. He's rostered in 21.6% of leagues, and it looks like he's going to start off as the Bears' third down back, but I think he'll have the opportunity to kind of work into Khalil Herbert's opportunities. I think he's a solid overall running back. He has a three down skill set. And I do think this Bears backfield is fairly open. So maybe he seizes the opportunity, continues to kind of gain momentum throughout the season. We have another rookie in Tajay Spears, who's rostered in 11.7% of leagues. And it looks like he's going to be slotted in as the handcuff for Derrick Henry. I really don't think that's a terrible spot to be in. Obviously, if Derrick Henry's healthy, he'll probably not have a ton of involvement because we know Derrick Henry um, consistently receives a massive workload. But it's also not a terrible spot considering the fact that Derrick Henry has the most touches of any active running back. At some point, the wheels are going to fall off here. If it happens this season, Tajay Spears ends up being very, very valuable for you. And you could just kind of stash him there on your bench. And then the 10th and final running back that I'd be looking at off waivers would be Jerome Ford. He's owned in under 10% of leagues, and it looks like he's going to be lined up to be Nick Chubb's handcuff. Just another kind of valuable running back spot. Nick Chubb goes down, Jerome Ford could step in and be very valuable for you for fantasy. Now that's the running back position. We're going to shift over to the wide receiver position with five players here. Now the first one is going to be Rashad Bateman. He's currently rostered in 17% of leagues. I understand he might not be available on other platforms. He is criminally undervalued on ESPN, but if he is available, I think he has a legit opportunity to be the wide receiver one on a much more pass-heavy Ravens offense this season, so someone who needs to be rostered in more than 17% of leagues. The next player is going to be Jamison Williams, rostered in 19.2% of leagues, so he's rostered in sub-20% of leagues, and I think this is a spot where someone may have drafted him, but... Once they start to want to pick players up, he's a guy who could also end up, you know, getting dropped after the first week or two. After that, people are, you know, going to be excited about him returning. But I think very early on in the season, he could also get dropped if he's currently rostered. So just keep an eye on him. Um, but I definitely just think he's worth a spot on deeper benches. He really hasn't had a ton of positive reports since being in the NFL. He was coming off the ACL tear last year, came back, but was clearly not 100%, didn't produce. And then his reports throughout the you know offseason really haven't been great. But this is a guy who went for over 1,500 yards on just under 20 yards per reception in his final collegiate season. He's clearly talented, and the Lions are in need of a wide receiver two stepping up. 
So to get that type of first round player with that type of talent, just sitting on waivers, I think he's definitely worth being rostered in more than, you know, what, 19% of leagues. The next player is going to be a rookie and it is going to be Marvin Mims. He's rostered in 10.6% of leagues. In this past year's rookie wide receiver class, Marvin Mims was actually my wide receiver six. So I was very high on him. The landing spot at the time to the Broncos really didn't feel great because you had Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, you had Tim Patrick, you had KJ Hamler. You just had a lot of wide receivers in the mix. Didn't know if Marvin Mims would get his opportunity in year one, but flash forward to here a few days away from the uh, start of the NFL season, and he's likely going to be starting as the wide receiver two for them here in week one. He's going to have the opportunity to produce early on and potentially earn a permanent role for the rest of the season, even if Jerry Judy comes back. If Marvin Mims flashes something, you know, maybe he overtakes Sutton as the wide receiver two, or he just forces them to run a ton of three wide receiver sets. If rookies break out, they're probably going to get playing time. So I like the idea of throwing a dart at Marvin Mims here. And then behind him, we have another rookie wide receiver. It's going to be Jonathan Mingo, owned in 19.5% of leagues. And if I had to choose a Panthers wide receiver that I would want to roster, it would be Jonathan Mingo. He's rostered in way less leagues than Thielen and Chark. But if I had to choose one, he would be my guy. I just think Adam Thielen has kind of fallen off. And then looking at DJ Chark, he's a very solid NFL wide receiver. But I just don't know if he's going to end up being someone who's going to be super fantasy relevant, especially on this Panthers offense. We look at Mingo. He's just more of a wild card. Physical freak, ran a 4.46.40 at 6'1", 226 pounds. His speed score is way up there. And I do think he could end up being Bryce Young's wide receiver one from the same draft class. Mingo could end up being a very interesting option, especially later on in the season when these rookie wide receivers kind of tend to break out. And then the final wide receiver here is going to be Zay Jones. He's rostered in just over 30% of leagues. And I think if we see Trevor Lawrence take a big jump here, I could see Zay Jones kind of being similar to a Tyler Boyd with the Bengals, where he's kind of like a rare wide receiver handcuff. Like with running back handcuffs, if the starter goes down, you can just give the same workload to the backup and they'll give you really nice fantasy production. The same thing doesn't normally apply for fantasy wide receivers, right? If Cooper Cup misses week one, you're not going to see Ben Skoranek going out there and giving you Cooper Cup production. It's just not going to happen. But when you have teams with very talented wide receivers, it can kind of turn into that. Zay Jones was the wide receiver 31 in points per game last year while operating as the number two behind Christian Kirk. He's still going to be very involved week to week. If we look at the preseason games, when we had the starters playing, um, he was the guy on the field in two wide receiver sets with Calvin Ridley. Christian Kirk was not in those two wide receiver sets. Um, in the first preseason game where the starters played, he outsnapped and ran more routes than Christian Kirk. And then he outsnapped him and ran the same number of routes as him in the starter's second appearance. So he is still going to be very involved and should definitely be rostered in over 50% of leagues. There are guys who have 50 plus percent ownership percentages that should definitely be going after Zay Jones and fantasy drafts. Now, shifting over to the quarterback position, this section will kind of become more important throughout the season when we have bye weeks and injuries pop up. At this point, like you're probably set with your starting quarterback in week one, but there were just two notable guys I saw on waivers. The first one was Jared Goff. He barely makes the cut here. He's rostered in 47% of leagues, but I do think he's someone who can be startable week to week, especially if something happens to your quarterback. I mean, the dude was a high-end QB2 last year the quarterback 14 in points per game. So someone who probably will get picked up, you know, if there's an injury or once buys start to happen. The other guy is Brock Purdy. And I actually think Brock Purdy is being pretty undervalued this season. 
I'm surprised he's rostered in less than a fourth of leagues. If we look back to Brock Purdy's numbers as a starter last year, in his six regular season starts, he averaged 18.1 points per game. That is solid QB1 production. So if you maybe punted the quarterback position, you don't love the late round option you ended with, but Brock Purdy's out there on waivers, definitely think he's worth kind of looking into because I think he can deliver you a quarterback one season here. And I do think he'll be a startable option as long as he can retain that starting job. The weapons there are just crazy. Um, now moving over to the tight end position, I actually think there are a lot of really interesting tight ends here that are available, at least according to the ESPN waiver wire. The first one is going to be Sam Laporta. He's rostered in 26.2% of leagues. The overall consensus that I saw with these tight ends is it seems like a lot of the more casual platforms like ESPN, Yahoo, they're going to push kind of the more veteran tight ends at you, the names you kind of recognize, but some of the younger guys can end up going undrafted. So those are pretty much like the players we're targeting here. Sam Laporta looks like he's going to be the clear tight end one for the Lions. He's a really strong athlete for the tight end position, had solid college production on bad offenses. So like his numbers don't look great when you're looking at the raw numbers, but when you take into context the offense he was playing on, he looks very impressive as a prospect. You know, got the second round draft capital, early second round capital, very high on Sam Laporta heading into the season. And also, I mentioned it with Jamison Williams. This Lions team needs weapons. Outside of Amon Ra, you've got like the rookie Jameer Gibbs, and then you have Sam Laporta, the rookie. I think these guys are going to make an impact. The next tight end is going to be Greg Dulcich. He's currently rostered in 34.2% of leagues. And his preseason usage was pretty concerning. You're obviously hoping he was going to operate as the clear tight end one. He was splitting some opportunities with Adam Troutman, which wasn't great to see. But with Jerry Judy missing time early in the season, I think Greg Dulcich, that's going to help him get him out on the field. If he can put together, you know, solid production early on, then he can kind of, you know, carry that into the later season where he's just going to be more of a staple in their starting lineup. He's a guy who put together a very solid rookie season despite starting off the year injured and then also just playing on a terrible offense. So I like the talent of Greg Dulcich. It's really just going to come down to if he can get on the field enough and be running enough routes to be relevant for fantasy. Kind of a similar story to the guy behind him, which is going to be Chigo Conquo. He's rostered in 43.3% of leagues, and he was a guy who was super efficient last year, second in target rate, first in yards per reception, second in yards per target. We'll just have to wait and see if he's able to increase his route participation, but if he is, he could definitely be a very nice fantasy pickup. The next player is going to be a rookie in Luke Musgrave. He's um, you know, rostered in very few leagues, only 6%. When we look at the most recent preseason game where the Packers played their starters, Luke Musgrave played 27 out of 28 snaps and ran routes on 16 out of 18 dropbacks. It looks like he's lined up for some great usage here in year one. He was a second round pick, really strong athlete for the position, and has himself established here as the guy for Green Bay. Green Bay is another team that needs weapons. They have a lot of young wide receivers. We'll see if Musgrave can kind of make an impact here in year one. And then the final tight end is going to be Gerald Everett, rostered in 43% of leagues. Gerald Everett isn't going to be a guy who's going to, you know, win you your league or have some sort of crazy breakout at the tight end position, but he's a guy who can have weekly upside playing on one of the top offenses in the NFL. And then the final position here, the defenses. Personally, I am someone who streams defenses. So when I'm giving you guys recommendations, I'm not choosing like, this is the best defense for the entire season. These are defenses that I think are really nice plays here in week one. That's just how I roll with defenses. And I think it kind of makes the most sense for this video. 
But the first one is going to be the Commanders. They're rostered in 45% of leagues, but probably are going to be going up against the worst offense in the NFL with the Cardinals. I think they're a smash pickup here in week one. Like if I was drafting, and I typically wait um, to draft defenses in the last round, you know, you're going to have the stud defenses go first. The Commanders are a team I'm definitely looking at because week one, you're going to get great production from them and then you just dump them. I'm not even sure what their week two matchup is, but you know, you figure it out. If they have a bad week two matchup, you pick up a new one on waivers next week. You know, I'll be going through those again in this waiver video heading into week two. The next defense is going to be the Jaguars rostered in 15% of leagues. They're going up against the Colts, Anthony Richardson making his debut. I like the idea of going after these defenses that are playing the rookie quarterbacks, especially early on in the season. I think Richardson will settle in, but I do think the Jaguars are interesting here in week one. Another team going up against a rookie quarterback, the Falcons, rostered in 5.7% of leagues. Once again, going up against Bryce Young, his first NFL game. Don't think the Panthers offense is super intimidating, so I think the Falcons are a potential play. And then we have the Broncos rostered in 7.4% of leagues. I was a little bit surprised their ownership percentage was so low. I think they're an overall solid defense. And with the Raiders here, new quarterback, not sure what that offense is going to look like. I think they're also relevant here as a week one streaming option. But that is going to wrap it up for some of the top waiver wire targets. I think this video was pretty long, but there is a lot of value out there on waivers. Maybe you have some players you don't love at the end of your bench, or maybe you're going out there and making some two-for-one trades, opening up some spaces on your bench. You know, whatever the reason is, these guys are players I would be looking to add or just kind of pay attention to um, heading into the first week of the NFL season. If you guys enjoyed, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. As always, thank you for stopping by, and I will see you guys in the next one.